Why have we fasted and thou seest it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and thou takest no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Isaiah chapter 58. This morning, brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, we hear the words of the prophet Isaiah. And in this brief section we, we read this morning, near the book's end, Isaiah issues an oracle concerning the struggle for a new temple and a new leadership when the Israelites come out of Babylonian captivity and exile. He's looking forward to the rebuilding of Israel. Isaiah laments the difficulty of raising up leadership. And as proof of this difficulty, he relays the words and the judgment of God on a particular aspect of the life of Israel, that of fasting and ritual worship. The religious and cultic practices of the people of Israel, especially within its leadership, had caused serious offense to God. God accuses the Israelites and their leadership of empty and meaningless ritual. That is to say, God is not pleased with the things the people of Israel offer to him. The Israelites are worshiping and fasting, to be sure, but all of that worship and fasting and piety is offensive to God because all of the ritual and fasting and piety is meaningless because of how the people live their lives outside of worship. Those God accuses would fast, and that with great pomp and circumstance. They would lay down their head like bulrushes and lie around in sackcloth and ashes like the residents of Nineveh in the book of Jonah. With a great and fervent zeal, these people would go to the temple and spend countless hours, even days, trying to atone for their sins and wrongdoings, and they would humiliate themselves very publicly. They would push their bodies and souls to the absolute limit in an effort to prove to God that they were serious about their commitment to Him. But yet, even with all of the pomp and circumstance, even with the great and public showings of humiliation, even with astonishing feats of willpower, the Lord is disgusted. The Lord is disgusted with them because what they are offering is unacceptable, useless. Isaiah speaks the words of God. Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your home, when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? So. The Lord is disgusted with these leaders and worshipers because while they fast and make great pomp about it, they don't care for the poor and the hungry. Now, several conclusions have been drawn from this. The first one is that all the pomp and the circumstance that is being done in the temple is displeasing to the Lord in and of itself and should be done away with entirely. And there are some Christian communities that have done so. But I think that's very hard to prove. All throughout the record of the Old Testament, even the words of Jesus, God has called on his people to make great pomp and circumstance. He orders his priests to dress and act in a certain way. He orders great feasts to be kept to remember certain events in the life of Israel. He orders great and public showings of penance to be kept to remember other events. 
So it's very hard to say that what the leadership is doing is offensive just because it's a ritual or rite, just because it is great pomp and circumstance. Now, another conclusion that has been drawn is that all of this ritual and fasting is nothing more than for show. That is to say, these folks really don't love God, nor do they really care about what they're doing. It's just a show. And again, I think that's hard to prove. It's obvious through their encounters that they do love God and that they are trying very hard to please God, which is why they are going to such great lengths and spending untold amounts of time on worship and ritual. So I propose another thesis, that God is disgusted with them because they refuse to connect ritual and fasting to their life outside of worship. The rituals and rites and feasts and fasts of worship are meant to please God first and foremost. And in the act of pleasing God and performing these rituals and fasts and rites, the people are supposed to be convicted, to be transformed and made new. These people were supposed to encounter these things and connect them to every aspect of their lives, but they failed to do so. Looking at their fasting in particular, it was supposed to have two effects. One was for the faster to show God physically that they were serious. They were serious about their commitment to God, both spiritually and bodily. Now the second effect of fasting is this. It allows comfortable people to share the fate of the hungry poor. And from this comfortable person being afflicted, from this hunger, they are to look to God and be awakened to the knowledge that God is a source of life and nourishment and blessing. So then to keep fasts and then neglect the poor, neglect the hungry, perverted their religious practice. What they do, what God asks of them is meant to transform them, is meant to call them into action in the rest of their life. When they would fast, when they would come to know what it meant to be hungry, when they would experience the fate of those who lacked food, it was meant to bring them into solidarity with the less fortunate. It was meant to connect them to God's creation and to increase their concern for others. But yet, these refused to see God's blessing and God's mercy upon themselves and extended to others as they were required. And thusly, they perverted religion. This morning's passage from Isaiah, beloved, is not a mere history lesson. It has as much to say to us today as it did to the Israelites way back then. It has many connections to what we do here on a regular basis. To begin with, our Lord himself uses this particular passage of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, when he speaks of the conditions for the final judgment in Matthew's 25th chapter. Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and to bring the homeless poor into your house, and when you see the naked, to cover it? These acts of kindness and mercy and love and generosity are what the Lord God required then and is what the Lord Jesus Christ requires of us today. 
We gathered here today are also a people who engage in fasting and pomp and circumstance and liturgies and rites, a people who enter into a sacred drama with God. With every fast we enter into, with every creed we speak, with every Eucharist we celebrate, with every sacred drama we act out, God calls us deeper. God calls us into a deeper relationship with Him. God assures us of forgiveness. God gives us His grace. God shows to us His blessings. And when we ourselves fast, when we pray for others, when we commit ourselves to the love of God in Christ, we should also be committing ourselves to the care of those in this world, to the hungry poor and the homeless, to the unloved, to those who know not our Lord Jesus Christ. The words Isaiah spoke are just as relevant for us today as they ever were. If we come to this liturgy, if we give ourselves to the practice of religion and do not live it out in the world, then we are perverting our religion. We are perverting our relationship with the Almighty. We are disgusting God. So then, my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, our Lord, let us be very mindful of what we do within the liturgy. Let us be mindful of the gifts God has given us, of the grace and the love and the mercy and the forgiveness and every blessing. And let us not forget that just as those gifts have been given us by God, we are to give of ourselves back to God and to others. May the fasts and the rituals we offer to God convict us, convert us, and consecrate us so that we are Christ's alone and we become his presence in this world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.